Hi, this is Kev Legs Walker, and you are about to hear a podcast of an interview that appeared on Shades of Blues here on The Cat. And there will be plenty more as we delve into the archives. Sit back and enjoy. I'm <laughs> delighted to say I'm now joined on the phone by Robert John Burrison from Robert John and the Wreck. Good evening, Robert. Do we call you Robert or Robert John? What, whatever you prefer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll call you Dave then. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> Hello, Robert. Uh, are you well? I'm doing great. Superb. Doing great. And uh, you're going to be coming to our shores in a couple of months' time, aren't you? Yeah, looking forward to it. We'll be over there in September. Yeah. Have you done any gigs over in the States prior to this? Yeah. Um, things kind of came back here in California where we're from um, kind of in late May, early June. So we've been pretty pretty busy um, the past uh, the past couple months. It's been uh it's been great to get back out and play shows and see people and, you know, experience what a live show is again. Yeah, because uh, talking to various people in various places, this past 12 months and more has just been so frustrating. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think it's been like <laughs> more than 12 months. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, of just uh, frustration of not knowing when things are going to come back or happen or what's going on so it's um it's nice to see the light at the end of the tunnel yeah because there were so many people that were releasing albums and then couldn't promote them they got tours booked and had to cancel what position were you in when the pandemic struck <laughs> um we um we were actually out on the road we did a, a cruise ship with joe bonamassa um i think when people were starting to talk about everything and luckily we made it home and we were home for about a week and then they shut down everything. So we had already, you know, have had plans to come to Europe that May, uh, May through July. Uh, we were going to release a new record um, for that tour. So there's a lot of things that had to shift for us. Yeah. Well, funny you should mention Joe Bonamassa there because I was going through the, the promo stuff that's been sent to me. And your bass player, Warren, has a, a striking similarity to Joe Bonamassa. <laughs> I don't think uh, anyone's ever said that before. Oh, right. Well, um, just looking at the picture, if I, if I didn't notice it was a bass, I would think that was Joe Bonamassa. Well, I'll have to let him know that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the band have been described as follicularly proficient, i.e. you've all got beards. Is that a requisite to be in the band? I, I you know, I, I think at one point it was. Um, but, you know, it's, it's just kind of who we are. Yeah. <laughs> So, what were your influences when you were growing up then? What were you listening to? Uh, growing up, you know, I mean, when I was really young, um, I was always in the dad, in the car with my dad, and um, he was always listening to oldies and Motown and, and old gospel tracks. Um, so, that's kind of what I grew up on. And then um, when I got old enough to kind of pick and choose what I was going to listen to, it kind of went straight into classic rock, you know, all the, you know, the standard, you know, Led Zeppelins and Aerosmiths and Boston and um, I kind of latched onto that stuff really well, and I, I feel like a lot of my friends in, in junior high and um, those early formative years were listening to, to more of the punk side of, of rock and roll and everything, and I kind of stuck to the classic rock side, and I just kind of went on from there. You know, later on through life, I, I got more into the singer-songwriters, the uh, Damien Rices and Amos Lee and Ray LaMontagne and... Um, kind of understood what songs were a little bit more than just the, the rock riff or the blues riff. When did you decide that you wanted to be a musician? Was there a tune or something that made you think, I want to do that? 
Um, you know, I think it was a subconscious kind of natural progression. Um, you know, I, my, my dad played guitar, um, not proficiently. He was just, kind of, you know, he could, he knew the three chords and could play whatever song you wanted him to with the three chords that he knew. So he taught me those three chords and I learned, you know, a Bob Dylan song and a Merle Haggard song. And, and then, um, but I was a drummer growing up, so I was more focused on drums than I was on guitar. Um, guitar was always the, the secondary instrument. And then um, in high school, I was the drummer in the in the garage bands of our, of our high school, and I went to college for drums. And then I think it was um, it was in college when I you know started writing songs on guitar and kind of well, I wanted to sing and play guitar and write songs more than I wanted to lug around you know a six piece drum set to every gig. <laughs> well, we've said this on numerous occasions on this show that people see you on stage and see all the glamour and think, oh, that's wonderful. But they don't see you humping all the gear at two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Especially up up and down stairs or, or through random places. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'm at the age now where my knees click when I stand up, and I think that's because of humping amps up and down stairs. But there you go. Um, yeah, I believe it. <laughs> now, the band name, Robert John and the Wreck, what is the Wreck? Because mm. I've got an idea in my head, it might be your old tour bus. <laughs> <laughs> you know um kind of uh you know we we always made the joke after we after we created the name um that early on we were we were a wreck but the the way that it actually came about is is i was touring around and playing as robert john band um just kind of my name band um and uh everyone in the band was 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 writing songs together and and sacrificing certain things in their lives to be on the road and and it felt like more more than just a you know a backing band, um, and I wanted it to be more of a you know a unit. And so we tried to come up with some ideas, and um, one of the ideas was Robert John and the train wreck, <laughs> and um, that just sounded weird. And someone said Robert John and the wreck, and we just stuck with it and went with it. And I think now it's um, I can't imagine it being anything else. Your first album, Fire Started, you actually produced that yourself, didn't you? Yeah, me and uh, me and the um, uh, my drummer Andrew Spetman um, kind of produced that one. Had you had much experience production wise before, or did you think we'll just do it anyway to save money or whatever? Uh, no, I, I had no production experience at all. Um, a lot of it was done by um, Andrew, um, our drummer, kind of the ideas and how to record. Um, we recorded that with Mike Valbloom, um, who had worked on previous records uh, from Suicidal Tendencies to Engineering a Madonna record. And it was kind of our first time getting into a studio and figuring out what that was. And I, I think he has co-producing on it as well. Um, you know, it was it was the first time in, in a real studio with with the band and kind of just figuring it out as we went. Um, but it was it was a great experience. And, uh, you know, that record doesn't see much light of day. It was we were all super young and um, you know, it, it was the first record as Robert John the Wreck, so we don't deny it. <laughs> but we don't, you know, it's not, it's really hard to find. So if you find it, it's a fluke. I accept that challenge. I will try to find it, definitely. <laughs> uh, in 2013, you won the Best Live Band at the Owens County Music Awards. Uh, that must have been a bit of a thrill. Yeah, I mean, for a young band, um, you know, it's just nice to get the recognition uh, when you're when you're growing and when you're becoming you know when you're starting your career um and it was great you know we um we got a lot of life off that and um it was um it was a lot of fun 
with the songwriting within the band, is there a main songwriter or are they all band efforts, collaborations? Yeah, it's all very cohesive. It's all collaborative. Um, everyone in the band is a songwriter. And so we all bring things to the table. We all work on things together. Uh, we all have different ideas. It's a, it's, it's great. You know, there's not, there's not just one person in the band that brings in stuff. Everyone brings in stuff, you know, and and you hope it's, you know, we we also are very honest with each other. And um, you know, sometimes you bring in a piece of music that it doesn't feel right and doesn't work, you know. And there'll there'll be another piece that's better. And we're always here for the songs and for the records. So, you know, we're not picking songs that just because we like them. We're picking songs because they're good. Yeah. How many times would you give a song a, a go before you think, no, this isn't working? Is it two or three times, or do you know straight away that it's just not working? If we bring it into the room, we we can tell that there's something there. And sometimes, you know, we take a little piece of a riff or a lyric and we, we make it into something musical and magical and it works. And sometimes we do all that effort and we, we bring it into something and we try it out and it's just like there's something not clicking you know, you can always tell in the back of your mind what's working and what's not. You know, sometimes it forces you to go write a better song. You know, if we um, if we're in there and we have a song that we, you know, worked really hard on and it just didn't turn out well, you know, it's like, well, let's go back to the drawing board and with that same song in mind and just write something better. <laughs> so, when you are recording, do you record live on the floor? Yeah, for the most part, um, we try to do um, drums, bass, and key, and you know, we do everything live together, and then. You know, if, if we want to put a, you know, a real grand piano on it, you know, we'll go back and, and re-record that. Or um, if there's a guitar part that just needs a little tweaking or a little bit more little bit more effort, we can go back and do that. But mostly it's off the floor. Because th- there's those magical moments where there was something that you've not done in rehearsal, but it just comes along and it just makes the song. Yeah. So have you had many of those moments? Uh, yeah, you know, um, I think off uh, one of our early records, Glory Bound, we um, we tracked every single one of those songs in one day, right. um, and towards the end of the day, we had one song left to do, and it was "Cold Night." And um, we decided that you know let's just knock this one out of the park and, and get this day over with. <laughs> and I think that we we went in there. We might have done like a couple takes, if not just one take, and that was it. And the magic was just there, and uh, we didn't have to do too much to it, which yeah. was uh, pretty incredible. When you've recorded the song and then you take it out on the road, do they evolve very much performing in front of an audience? Oh, yeah. Uh, they, they evolve immensely um, because that's when we get to, you know, figure out how the crowd is, is working the song and feeling the energy. And, and so we'll take things in way different directions. We'll extend parts. We'll, we'll let things mellow out to nothing and then come back with it, you know, um, yeah, a lot of our songs are like that. You know, there's certain songs that aren't, that are pretty straightforward that we try not to mess with, but um, we do like the liberty in, in letting the songs take their own form on the road. I mean, because, you know, after playing them every night for, you know, 40 nights, you kind of feel different directions, and, you know, and, uh, you know, we have the ability and the liberty to do that, so it's a, it's a, it's a really fun thing for us to do. And that way we're not, you know, playing the, the same three and a half minutes every single night, you know? Yeah. I've been listening to some of your stuff. I'll be honest with you, I've not heard the whole of your discography. Have, have you ever done an acoustic album? Uh, not yet. We've done some um, acoustic-style shows uh, and more stripped-down sets. 
but we haven't put out a full acoustic record yet. Um, it is being talked about. We've talked about it all throughout COVID, and then we just decided to make a new record. Um, so it's it's in the pipeline, and when, when the right time comes, it'll happen. 15, 20 years or more, there was the big thing of MTV Unplugged, and nearly everybody was doing an Unplugged set. So that seems to have died down a bit, but I think it's making a resurgence. Yeah, I mean, um, we're very open to it. It's it's definitely on our on our list of things to do, and um, you know, all of our songs are we just we try to write great songs and then add in all the flair. So I know that we can we can do an unplugged set to most of our songs, pretty much a no brainer. So it'll it, you know you might be surprised at what comes out in the near in the future. I look forward to it expectantly. Um, <laughs> we were talking earlier about the the thrill of winning the. Uh, Owens County Music Award, but also big thrill is getting praise from the likes of Joe Bonamassa. He stated that you're keeping the history of classic 60s and 70s rock alive for newer generations. When you hear stuff like that, that must make your heart swell. Oh yeah, I mean it, it's it's a huge honor for for Joe to even know our name, um, you know, and then get invited on on his cruises. Um, yeah, it's a huge honor, and then it's. Uh, Something that you know we're, we're very honored to to have him say that about us. You know, it's it's a uh, the recognition of of knowing that we're doing something right. <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely great great feeling. Well, I was doing some research uh, a couple of days ago for another show, another song that I was looking at uh, by Toto, and I noticed that your keyboard player is playing with Toto now. That is true. Steve is the one of the keyboard players of Toto. That must be a bit hard, sort of balancing between yourself and Toto. Well, you know, he he joined the band um, right before COVID happened, um, so obviously everyone was stationary um, in their homes and where they live for you know sixteen, eighteen months, and so it hasn't been that big of a deal. But um, luckily, um, our team and and Toto's team are are closely connected in ways that we never knew, and. The tours are lining up like puzzle pieces, um, and they're working out perfectly, uh, which is something that we, you know, didn't know how it was going to happen. But uh, so far, it's been working out great, and um, you know, we can't ask for anything better. And and uh, Steve is an amazing keyboardist and vocalist, and and it's such a great opportunity that he got to do that. So we we support him fully, and super stoked for him. Excellent stuff. And you've got the new album coming out, like you say. The track listing. There's some. I mean, the single that's just come out, Shine Light on Me Brother, uh, I was saying just before we started the interview, it's got a certain bluesy feel to it. Yeah. But you're, you're getting the reputation as a southern rock band. Without trying to pigeonhole you, how would you describe yourself? You know, um, for years we, we called ourselves rock and soul. Um, I think it's hard to, for some people, um, when they hear a slide guitar and a, and a soulful song, you know, with... with with some great riffs, it, it kind of automatically goes into Southern rock no matter what. Um, I think Southern rock originally was just, um, you know, the rock and roll that was coming out of the South um, with Leonard Skinner and, and, and 38 Special. And, you know, and, and we don't we don't mind that label, but we, we are a lot more than Southern rock. I mean, we have a lot of soul. We have uh, deep blues influences. And, um, you know, we so we, we kind of go with rock and soul. Um, you know, with a blues chaser. There's <laughs> <laughs> the all-encompassing label that's come around recently, Americana. Mm-hmm. I don't particularly like that myself because it's too broad. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I've heard Americana being thrown around to a bunch of different genres from, you know, I mean, country that's not super country, you know, can be called Americana. You know, folk that's just a, a singer-songwriter, maybe with a little band, can be called Americana. Um, you know, I, I think whatever helps someone understand what music they're listening to, however they want to label it, is is okay with me. You know, whatever makes it easy for someone to understand what they're listening to, you know, it, it's up to the individual. You know, if I listen to something and I, I hear that it's, you know just a straight rock and roll but then they say oh no we're not you know we're we're more alternative you know Mm. i think it's to the listener to decide how they want to describe it and whatever they whatever they choose is is fine by me if they if they like the music yeah (laughs) um you know if 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 they're if they don't like the music and they end up saying something about it in a derogatory matter then i think that's a problem but you know if if someone loves southern rock and and they want to throw the southern rock label around you know uh, whatever to each his own <laughs> yeah. we're still gonna sit here and write the songs that we write and we're gonna write them how we write them and play them how we play them and you know sometimes they come out you know a little bit more motown a little bit more southern rock a little more blues um it's still who we are and still the music that we love to play and the new album that's coming out you're not just releasing a cd are you? you've got deluxe bundles including signed deluxe edition vinyl uh t-shirts signed cds you're really going for it on this one, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's the bundles are something that we started for Last Night on the Highway that came out during COVID, um, and it went really well. And um, you know, we we want to have our fans experience, you know, the the release just as much as as we as the joy we get um, when we release a new record. So, yeah, we have all those bundles online currently um, as pre-orders until the uh, record comes out in September. And talking of September, that's when you come over to the UK and starting off in Cardiff on the 16th of September. Um, is that prior to going to Europe or after you've been to Europe? Yeah, well, um, I think our first date um, in Europe is on August 28th. And so we'll be roaming around the EU um, for a week or so before we before we head over to the UK. Which is, uh, you know, it's, it's always good to get a couple shows under your belt when you first get over there. You have jet lag, you know. There's, you're using new equipment, you know. You're you're getting back into what it is to be, you know, over there, and uh, yeah. So, but we're really excited to uh, do the first proper run of the UK that we have done before. So, um, it'll be exciting to see the the country, and you know, I've only been to London and Edinburgh when I was 19, you know. So, I haven't got to experience much of the uk itself um which i'm excited to see and and experience well you are traveling all over the country you've got 11 dates in the uk varying from cardiff uh you've got sittingbourne chester leeds newcastle manchester nottingham london edinburgh aberdeen hartlepool you are going to be doing some heavy traveling there aren't you yeah, I know, but uh, it's you know it it's it's something that we we've, we've been missing for for so long that we're just excited to get back in the van and and just travel and and uh, you know sit and sleep in the van and then show up to the gig and we can't wait. Excellent stuff, <clears throat> and uh, we look forward to seeing you over here as well. And I look forward to this acoustic album that you've been uh, hinting at. Uh, I, hope, <laughs> I hope it does come off. Thank you for taking the time out to do this, and uh, I wish you all the best for the future. Well, thank you very much, Kev. And I hope you enjoyed that little interview there. And there will be more as we record more for the show. And we are going to delve into the archives and pull some of the old ones out as well. So plenty more to come. And of course, if you want to hear the whole show, 
there is always listening again. I'll see you next time. Take care.